So I've decided to go ahead and start that, and for the next, it won't take as long as it appears to, but I want to take as much time as I need to to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, but I just want to kind of break the ice for it tonight and kind of whet your appetite and get you desiring to come and invite people to come if, if uh, they've, especially if people have never heard this. In fact, um, through the years, I, I've just made a mental note of asking people, not necessarily in, in our church here, but in different places that I go, I'll, I will bring up a conversation and just mention the gifts of the Spirit. And I'll ask people, I'll ask someone, you know, so, so what do you think about, you know, this gift of the Spirit? And they said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. And I said, and, and you don't, you know, so, so many times as I, as I try to stir up a conversation about it, I find that a lot of Christian people don't know a whole lot about the gifts of the Spirit because they've not been taught what the gifts are, you know. And um, when, when you think about a gift, when you think about a gift, um, what do you think of? Somebody tell me something you think of when you think of a gift. Huh? Free? There you go. What else? Somebody tell me what you think of when you think of a gift. Yes. Something you want. Uh-huh. Somebody else? It's not earned, right? Somebody else? A gift. What do you think of? Jewelry. That's what I'm talking about. Expensive. <laughs> She's thought about that a lot. <clears throat> Anybody else? A gift. Yes. Love. Okay. Okay. All right. There's a different thought about gift. Okay. I think of gift, I think of Christmas. Somebody else? Exciting. Something exciting. So <clears throat> when somebody walks up to you, birthday, right? Yes. So, when somebody walks up to you and they hand you a gift, have you ever seen someone, if you hand them a gift, reach in their pocket and go for money and pay? No. I mean, a gift is free. Hmm? There's no strings attached. It's not something that was earned, right? It's it's something that is available because of in 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 most cases, not not with the gift that that Caleb was talking about, but in most cases, it's available because of the heart of someone else or the desire of someone else. Because a gift is something that someone else has to give, right? And um, we see in the Scripture that the Holy Spirit is a gift. We, we see in the Scripture that, that Jesus was a gift to mankind, and the Holy Spirit was a gift to mankind from the heart of the Father. God so loved that He what? He gave. He so loved that He gave the best of heaven, the best, the best that heaven could give, heaven gave for the redemption of mankind. Wow. And so, I believe that God put us here uh, on this planet. We exist on this planet 
But there are things that we've got to that we've got to tap into by the Spirit of God to, to be able to make a difference here. To, to really, I mean, a person that is making a difference is someone that has passion. Not someone that's just existing. Not someone that is just maintaining. But someone that has passion. To make a difference, there has to be a passion. And you can create natural passion. But there's a passion that comes from God that is only stirred on the inside of you by the Spirit of God. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God has a big old bag of gifts that are intended for you and most people don't even know that they're available. It's a whole bag of gifts. So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this bag of gifts that God gave to mankind to develop a passion to make a difference. Sound good? Okay. So that's where we're going to go. And there's, there's three different places. Actually, there's a number of other places. But, but these three addresses that I'm going to give you in Scripture... Um, are where there is an account of different types of gifts, okay? We're going to start in Romans 12. And in Romans 12, there's nine gifts. And tonight what I'm going to do, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on what these gifts are. We'll, we'll start that next week. But I'm going to read from Romans 12 from 1 Corinthians 12 and from Ephesians 4, where it talks about specific gifts. There's nine gifts, and there's 12 more gifts, and there's five more gifts. And most, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be critical. When I was early in my born-again life, I was taught about these different gifts. And I've had a, a real heart desire and a passion for these gifts all my, all my born-again life. But I've noticed that the majority of Christians that I've ever asked and challenged about this don't even know where these gifts are in the Bible. And, and, and so what, the reason I'm saying that is that I'd really encourage you to take what I'm going to impart to you in this teaching over the next few weeks and really do something with it. Because if you, let, let's just say that you were, um, let's say, what would be a good example? Let's say that, let's say you were a mover. You moved furniture. <clears throat> And the equipment that you had to move furniture was lacking. You had an old kind of run-down pickup truck and a flatbed trailer that two of the wheels were flat. And you were trying to move furniture from one place to the next. 
And one day, this gift came to you in the form of a big, huge-looking moving truck. You know, large U-Haul trailer. And that gift came into your possession. And you, you had the talent, you had the ability, and you knew that that's what you were called to do. And here comes this gift. It didn't cost you a thing. It was a gift that was yours. Somebody gave it to you because they had a heart for you. And all of a sudden, now you had the ability to do what you really had in your heart to a greater level and in a greater way. And I think that a lot of people have real desires in their life to accomplish things. But I think what's lacking is us not knowing how to receive the gifts and the tools and like Caleb said, the talents that we have to apply them to the vision that God's put in our heart. Sometimes people are lacking vision but other times we have vision, but we don't have the equipment that we need. And I'm not just talking about in the natural, but the equipment that we need to fulfill the calling that's there or the desire that's there in our life. And so I think we're going to touch on a number of these things in the next few weeks. Okay? So Romans 12 and verse 3 is one set of gifts. All, the, all three of these sets are different gifts for different purposes. And, I'm, and I, I'm going to label these gifts, um, these, these different groups of gifts, with, with I'm, I'm going to read these verses of Scripture, and then I'm going to give you the title of what I'm going to call these gifts. There's nine here in Romans 12, and I'll do the same in 1 Corinthians 12 and then in Ephesians 4. Verse 3. Of Romans 12. Actually, <clears throat> just read verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, this is Paul talking to the church at Rome here, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. If you notice, if you notice these three, first three verses are talking to the person. I'm identifying and labeling these nine gifts that I'm fixing to read here in a moment as the personality gifts. Personality gifts. We'll give, them, we'll give these gifts some other names as, as we teach on this, and we'll start on this. I'm, I'm going to talk about two of them tonight just in relation to myself. But I see these as personality gifts or personality traits, and they come right out of the Word of God. For as, verse 4, for as we have many members in one body, but not all the members, but, but all the members do not have the same function. Um, the Amplified says function or use. Okay, so there's many members in the body, but not everybody does the same thing. How boring would it be if we all did the same thing? 
right? So there's different functions, different operations. Verse 5. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually we're members of one another. Verse 6. Having then, having then, and and I'm going to read this first part of it in the Amplified. It says, having gifts or faculties or talents or qualities that differ according to the grace given to us. And I'm going to go back and read it again in the in the New King James. It says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. We have gifts that differ according to the grace that's given to each one of us individually. His, his commission and command here, you need to use them. What Fabian is strong in, he needs to use it. What Crystal's strong in, she needs to use it. What Isabel and Dale are strong in, they need to use them. But if you notice, if I, if I had these four stand up and we talked for a little while about desires that they have and abilities that they have, they'd all differ. But if they're all using them together, we're, we're members one of another, and if he's doing his and she is and she is and he is, and the four of them are doing their part and working at it together, even though they have their individual parts, how much more can we affect? How much more can we accomplish on planet Earth? I'm telling you, we can accomplish a lot if we're all using and operating in the gifts that God has given us. And I'm telling you, they differ. So don't compare what your neighbor does with what you do because more than likely what your neighbor does is not what you're called to do, right? Or vice versa. So we don't have to get freaked out if someone else is doing something. And and listen... Listen, I think through this teaching that my desire is to help you to find things in your life that are what God wants you to be good at. Because we can have preferences, and a lot of times when we see something that someone else is doing and we try to copy that, we're no good at it. Because there's there's not an ability there given by God for you to fulfill that. I mean, you know, you can look at all kinds of different things that, that seem good, you know. Well, I want to be a singer. Well, I want to play the, I want to play the guitar. Well, I want to play football. Well, I want to play this. Well, I want to be this. I want to be an actor. I want to be an actress. I want to do all these things. Why? Because it looks good. You see somebody else doing it and it looks good. And if it makes a lot of money, we want to do it. A lot of times, humanity wants to do it for the money. But what we find out is you can do something and you can even do it well, but if it's not not as a result of a gift that's been given to you, there's no fulfillment. And so you find a lot of people going through the motions of things in life that doesn't really fulfill them. Last night, my wonderful wife was sitting and watching... Uh, masters with me. She loves the Masters. Yeah, right. The Masters is a golf tournament. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Masters is is a great golf tournament. When I was a, my dad was a golf pro, and so I grew up playing golf. And from the time I can remember, 
on my dad's course, you know, when, when everybody else was off the course, I was practicing and I'd be walking up the 18th fairway and I'd just envision myself playing in the Masters and I had a two-shot lead coming into 18 and I'm, man, I'm going to win this thing. I just envision, I mean, over and over and over and over again, I envisioned that. And we were sitting on the couch last night watching Week at the Masters, some of the, some of the old guys that have won in the past and watching what they're doing and stuff, you know. She said, uh, what would you say? <laughs> she said, I'm trying to remember how. <laughs> no, no. She said, uh, no, no. She said, uh, you, you, she said, you wish you would have won that? And I said, dang right. <laughs> you know? But do I have a regret? Absolutely not. It's not what I was supposed to do. See? But the, or you wish I could have done it, like win the Masters, right? That's what she said. But, but I had it in my heart, and, and I still, every time, I, I mean, I get chills just knowing it's the week. You know, I'll get, I, I feel chill bumps, you know, get on me just thinking of it when I watch it on television. I love it, you know? But that's not what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to do this. This isn't what I wanted to do. But then God changed what my want to was because he had something that he called me to do before I even was. See, I just had to find that. Doesn't mean I don't like it, you know. And I will go to the Masters. I almost went this year. I have a friend that has a cabin right on the 18th fairway. He's been promising me now for 14 years that... You know, all these guys are in line to go, and I will go to the Masters. I almost went this year. Maybe next year's my time. Anyway, but that's what, not what I was called to do. And I don't have, I'm not walking around with these regrets every time I see something like that. I just like it. I like to play golf to this day. I enjoy it, see? But that's not what I was called to do. And, and there were things that God had put in me that took time to mature so that I could fulfill the calling that he had for my life because that calling is fulfilling to me. I like doing this. been doing it for 25 years, and I like doing this. I'm fulfilled doing this. But there's a lot of people that do things for other reasons other than that's what God said. You know, could, could I have made more money playing golf than I did in the ministry? Well, if I was any good, <laughs> right? I'd have to win. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, I know my abilities and I know what in the, nat in the back of my mind what I could have done and accomplished. But if I do something for the sake of money, I'm not saying God doesn't want us blessed and he want us to prosper. I, I understand that. God wants us to advance. But if I'm led by money, then I can't be led by the Holy Ghost. You see? And God's given gifts to help me understand what that looks like and how to find that out. Amen? So verse 5 again, or verse 6 again, he says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And here are the gifts. If prophecy, then let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy 
with cheerfulness. Those are the nine gifts, personality, foundational type gifts in, in Romans chapter 12. And one of those that is my personality gift or trait, one of those is exhortation. <clears throat> and, you know, an exhorter can make you feel like You look like a million dollars when your hair's messed up and you're dirty and, you know, you've been working in a ditch somewhere. An exhorter can. But somebody that's not an exhorter may tell you the truth. <laughs> hmm? And, and may, may want you to, you know, you may end up wanting to go to fist over their truthfulness. But an exhorter is going to always build you up. And I'm an exhorter, and I am, I am, I have the foundational or personality trait or gift of mercy strong in my life. I have great mercy, or I wouldn't be in this position, wouldn't be in this, in, in, in this role if I didn't have mercy for people, you know? And, and the good thing is, is that I married someone that has opposite gifts, because if we both were full of mercy, everybody would run over us and take advantage of us. Right? And, and so God, in marriage relationship, God takes those gifts and he connects people in the right way so that those gifts are strong on both sides. So you can have the mercy, but you can also have the prophecy or the truth or the... the um, the, um, what was the other one I was thinking of? The, lead, the leadership one. Those who lead. And that's not just leadership, in, and we'll talk about these gifts later and we'll define them. But it's not just about leadership over, you know, in, in a company, a church, or, or, or whatever. But somebody who takes what they have and they're able to lead other people with it. And, and sitting in here tonight... All of these nine gifts or personality traits here in Romans chapter 12, everybody in here has one or two of these that you're really strong in. But what I've noticed over time is that some of these gifts begin to be developed. The more you spend time with God, He'll develop things that need to be stronger on the inside of you. And so, I can say today that there's probably four or five of those that are actually beginning to balance out in my life, but 25 or 30 years ago, the two I just mentioned to you is what I was really strong in. And what I want to do is help you to dig this out and understand these, and that, that's why we're going to take them and define each one of them and look at them, and, and you be able to choose and see how that fits for you. Amen? Now, 1 Corinthians 12. Like I said, we're not going into these tonight. We're just kind of breaking the ice. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Or the Amplified says misinformed concerning spiritual gifts. And so... There's 
you know what? I don't know what I, what I, why I said this. I kept looking at 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, and I said that there were 12 here. In Romans 12, there's seven gifts. Everybody say seven. Okay. I, I kept looking at those 12s. There's seven gifts. And in 1 Corinthians 12, there's nine gifts. And in Ephesians 4, there's five gifts. So there's seven, nine, and five. Sorry. Uh, I think I looked at too many 12s. <clears throat> so he doesn't, number one, he doesn't want us to be ignorant or unaware or misinformed in regards to spiritual gifts. These nine in 1 Corinthians 12 were titling spiritual gifts. Romans 12 is personality gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 is spiritual gifts. Verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts. In other words, there are different kinds of gifts, varieties, the, uh, the uh, Amplified says. There are varieties of gifts, differences of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are, there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Another another name that we'll, we'll use on, on, on these nine gifts, not twelve, nine, on these nine gifts of the Spirit are public gifts or public assembly gifts, gifts that are for the public, for everybody. God wants these gifts in operation so that everybody profits, not just a handful of people, but everybody. For to one is given, and here's these nine gifts, one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, because many different gifts, but same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy. Notice there was a prophecy in Romans 12, and now there's a prophecy here in 1 Corinthians 12. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But to one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as the Lord wills, as God wills. And, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this to you. Because I was taught about these gifts and the operation of these gifts early on in my in my born again walk, all of these different gifts, all all nine of these gifts, in 37 years of being saved, I've operated in at one time or another. 
But the funny thing is here, what he says here is that these gifts are in operation as God wills them to be in operation. I was in Concan in 1992. There was a there was a college and career camp from a church in San Angelo. And they called me and asked me to come and, and just minister over a weekend to this, this college and career group. And um, there was about, there was a, probably about 40 or 45 of them there that, that this first evening when I was there. And uh, it's out a message and I was going to preach this message and and they had some worship going on. And so during worship, all of a sudden, God began to say to me, I want you, I want you to prophesy to all these people tonight. You say, well, how did God say that to you? I don't know. He just did. I just knew it. He said, I want you to prophesy to all these people. And I'm thinking, I've never really actually done that before. I've never really prophesied to people. I mean, I've given people different words, but I've never, I've never, because to prophesy is to speak as God would speak in a different situation. So I'm in this meeting, and all of a sudden, man, I just started having these different words, okay? So when I say, when I'm using the word prophesy to these people, what I did is I operated that night in five of these gifts. And to be truthful, I've never operated that way again since then. And I left there that night thinking, man, where were the cameras? I mean, where, why couldn't they just have it? You know, I mean, oh man, what a night. No, but God had a plan. And I can't tell you how many people came out of that meeting. There was a couple that I prophesied they'd get married. They're married today. I prayed for this one girl, I didn't pray for the whole bunch this way, but I prayed for this one girl to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Her husband has preached in this, in this church before. His name is Eric Holler. His wife got born again and baptized in the Holy Ghost in that meeting in Concan, 1992. People were healed that night. People had direction. For, for weeks and months, I got phone calls from people. There was only 45 people in that meeting. But I got phone calls and, and, and from the pastor there and from the associate pastor and from the individual people about how right and direct that those words were. I'm not saying I haven't had words of wisdom or words of knowledge. Those are some of the ones we just mentioned right there. I've had lots of those through the years to give to other people. But that night, I operated in five different gifts, and that's never happened to me again. Why? Because it's as the Lord wills. You try to make that up, and it won't work. You try, to, you try to figure that thing out, you know, and stamp yourself as the five-gift prophet, you know? It won't work. Because it's not, it's not about what the gifts do for you. It's that people profit from what you speak to them. That's what he just said. So that they would all profit as a result. These are the spiritual gifts or the public gifts. They're for public. The Romans 12 is personal gifts, things that we need to know about ourselves so that we can actually operate in things like this when it's time. You may be sitting, you know, you may be sitting at the park or something, and somebody walks by, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord says to you, you know, I want you to tell this person this. 
And it's happened to me time and time and time and time and time and time again, you know. I mean, I'm just minding my own business. It's not something, I mean, when I'm just looking for people to prophesy to or I'm trying, I'm trying to make that thing work, it won't work. But, but when I'm listening to God and all of a sudden a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge will come to me about something or I'll have the discerning of spirits, there's, there's five categories of demonic spirits that operate in the earth today. And God wants us to discern what and how people operate and, and what's going on in other people's lives so that we can help them, so that they can profit. Not to point somebody out and cast the devil out of them, you know, and, and, and spit on them and yell and scream at them, but so people can get liberated and free because people are bound up in their mind. Spiritual strongholds of the mind keep people bound up and they can't get free. And God's given the gifts of the Spirit of God to give to man so that man will operate him in those as he wills so that people can get liberated and free. See, if we've got this whole bag of gifts, we've got nine gifts in this bag, and none of us are using them, think about how much more of a difference we could make if we're operating in those gifts. Amen? So we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. And then... Ephesians 4, and I'll end with this. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, starting with verse 7. <clears throat> but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says... When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Verse 9. Now notice verse 9 and 10 in most Bibles are in parentheses. So, so he's, he's making a different point here. He said, now this, that he ascended, he's kind of defining what had been said when it says he ascended on high. So he's kind of defining it here in verse 9 and 10. Okay, And then he gets back to what he was saying in verse 11. And he himself gave, gave what? Gave gifts to men. Some to be apostles, some to be prophets. Remember in Romans 12, there was prophecy. 1 Corinthians 12, there was prophecy. Now in Ephesians 4, there's prophets. The prophecy in Romans 12, I'm going to show you clearly, is one form of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 12 is another form, clearly a different form of prophecy, still speaking as the oracles of God. doesn't change the foundation of what it is. But it, but it changes the gift and the variety and the different type that it is. And here in Ephesians 4, we see that one of those is a prophet. Okay? Just because a person has a foundational gift or a, person, a personality gift of prophecy doesn't mean that he's a prophet. Because a person prophesies like I did on the night when I operated in five different gifts 
in, in one meeting for the profit of the people, okay, because the Lord willed it that night for that to happen, doesn't mean that I'm a prophet. And a lot of times what can happen because, remember he said, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. I don't want you to get caught up in spiritual gifts. I don't want you to get distracted by spiritual gifts so that you only live for spiritual gifts. I want you to live for me. God, not me. You know what I'm saying. He said, God's saying, I want you to live for me. I don't want you to get distracted by these things. But I want you to identify what they are and their gifts for you to receive, to allow them to be imparted in you so that you can operate in these as he wills, those spiritual gifts. Now these gifts, okay, that are given to some, not everybody, but to some, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, watch, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 11, 12, and 13, right? He gave to some men these fivefold ministry gifts to do what? To teach you like I'm doing tonight, so you can be released to minister to other people so that we all attain to the unity of the faith and to a place of maturity. It's not 11, 13, and 12. It's 11, 12, 13. Because for a lot of years the church taught that you get taught until you mature and if you've been around long enough, then you can begin to minister to people. No, you get taught so you can leave here. When we taught all this foundational stuff in the last few weeks, in the last two or three months, when we taught all this foundational truths, what I keep saying to you over and over again, that you need these foundational truths to be a part of you so that you know who you are, but so you can help other people know who they are. In the same way as we're talking about these gifts they need to be a part of you, but they need to be a part of you so it can profit other people so that when you have some thing, instead of people going to psychics, they'll call you. What do you think about this? Instead of people, you know, going to the, the psychic, demonic connection that's out there, and that's what it is. It's either God or it's the devil, one of the two, okay? We're not, we're not, we're not you know hammering psychic people but I'm just saying you either you either tap into the spirit of God or the spirit of the world there's one there's one or the other right and why not us in the realm of the spirit have the ability to hear something from God and tell someone else something that they would have never known and see and I'll just say this about um, 1 Corinthians 12 of those gifts I'm just going to take one of those the word of knowledge, okay? That knowledge isn't just the basic knowledge that you gain from studying the word. That's one form of knowledge. But then the word of knowledge is going to give you, you're going you're gonna to have understanding, not just for yourself, but for other people, about something that they need to know about 
that will affect their life in a positive way. And God will reveal those things to you. So, I'm just tonight kind of whetting your appetite with some things here that I think every born-again Christian needs to know and be challenged with and be challenged in to know that we're not just here to just exist, as, as you've been hearing in this body all last year and this year. We're here to connect, to make a difference in our community. We're here to be here for the good of people around us, for one another, but then for other people. And that's what God called the church to be. God called the church to duplicate itself in Christ Jesus. So now we've got all these little Jesuses running around and being a blessing to other people the same way Jesus was when he was on earth, right? But we're just, we're just in a smaller form. We're not the deity of God as Jesus was, see? We're just created in his image, and now we're sons and daughters of the Most High, fulfilling the purpose and the plan that God had for the earth. And I'm telling you, you're a big part of it. Can you say amen? So the next few weeks, if you're not interested, don't show. But if you're interested in the gifts... And you're interested in what we're what I'm what I kind of laid out for you tonight. We're gonna just we're gonna take it just line upon line, precept upon precept. Just put it out there a little here and a little bit more and a little bit more until we finish it. Okay, seven gifts, not nine. Seven, and then nine gifts, not twelve. Seven and nine and five. So the seven, nine and five syndrome. <laughs> Amen. You guys awake? Okay, just checking. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. Your word is alive, that it's true, it's well. We thank you for all the gifts that you have given to us. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Man, where would we be without the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son. You so loved us that you gave the best of heaven. We thank you for what his blood accomplished liberated us and delivered us and set us free. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Tonight, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over our bodies, over our finances, over our minds, over our children, over our destinies, over our futures. Lord, we, we plead the blood over our nation. We plead the blood over our city, over our schools. Lord God, we plead the blood over our hospitals. And as we're pleading, what we're doing is appropriating what the blood of Jesus accomplished. Whatever was bad, he accomplished the good. Where there was sickness, through the blood of Jesus, we've been redeemed to health. Where there was lack and poverty, we've been redeemed to wealth and prosperity. Where there was mental torment, we've been redeemed to soundness of mind, wholeness of mind. Where there was fear, we've been redeemed and delivered into a life of faith and trust. We plead the blood tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you're true and that your word is true. We will not, we will not give in to any plan or scheme or trick of the enemy. We will serve you and walk in you and embrace your gifts but above everything else embrace who you are and we love you tonight lord in jesus name amen. amen god bless you 
Be blessed. Have a great week.